Hello, welcome to Finances Made Friendly. This is the podcast from Glasgow Credit Union, which we've produced to help you get the most out of your finances. I'm your host, Heather Sotty, and I am so excited about today's show as we're talking all things holidays. Our guest, Karen Musgrave, joins us from the UK's leading independent British travel agents, Barhead Travel. She's a pro and a passionate traveller in her own time, and she's affectionately known as Holly Day. And the good news, if you're a Glasgow Credit Union member, there are discounts available with Barhead Travel. Just visit glasgowcu.com for more details. Karen will be sharing her expertise on how to find the best deals and savings to make the most of your hard-earned holiday budget. She'll share the rise of 2023's trend, revenge travel, and help you keep costs down when you're abroad. You'll also learn more from Fergus Muirhead in Futsery Finances with Fergus. And Doug Allen, BAFTA and Emmy award-winning cameraman and filmmaker whose credits include Planet Earth and Blue Planet, tells us about his best ever investment, which allowed him to turn travel into a lifelong career. Karen, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Heather. Thanks for having <laughs> thanks for having me and Holly, my alter ego. Now, let's just explain. The reason we call you Holly Day is because with your job, which is absolutely perfect for you because you love holidays, you how many holidays do you go on every year, do you think? Oh, I try to do about three or four. I squeeze as many as <laughs> in as I possibly can. I think, you know, I'm all about maximizing that annual leave. Loving it. And tell us, how many years have you worked in the travel sector? I've been at Barhead Travel for eight years. Can't quite believe it, but yes, it's, it's been a while. Flown by. In terms of finding the perfect holiday, what would you say is your number one tip when dealing with customers at Barhead Travel? So I think to find your perfect holiday, you know, our number one tip is speak to your speak to your local travel agent, you know, as as obvious as that sounds I think having a conversation with somebody who knows the industry understands holidays understands the market as well Mm -hmm. and you know actually just speaking about it can open up so many different options as well Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know you might find things or you might find something that you might not have even thought of. I think one of the things that I like about that process of dealing with a person is that you you get a real insight into a destination so for example if you've got someone who's an expert in cruises more often than not they've been on many cruises themselves and you get a deeper personal insight don't you yeah definitely you know it's it's funny one of the things that we're we've been chatting about in the office recently is uh, the whole the rise of AI you know chat GBT Mm -hmm. is obviously uh, really forthcoming just now and we're now calling it we want to start our own thing called chat BHT <laughs> because I think you know we did a wee experiment as well typing questions about holidays into the the AI system and you're never going to get that in-depth personal information you know you could search for as many different topics as you want online but actually you know AI doesn't know who we are as people and mm-hmm. you're never going to get the same types of recommendations as you are sitting in front of mm-hmm. a person who can open up a conversation mm-hmm. and knows and understands how to match you with different products or hotels or holidays. And I suppose as well, when you're searching for a holiday online, it's all about algorithms, yes. isn't it? Uh-huh. And also, you know, is it what are the tips you would say if you are booking a holiday online 
what should you do in terms of refreshing your browser, clearing your cookies? Like, how do you ensure that the price of a flight or a hotel room doesn't jump up just through search? Oh, that's a tricky one um, because I think there's a lot of speculation about whether or not that changes the price. Mm-hmm. I think the, the the problematic thing with online booking is that you can often be driven by purely price mm-hmm. and you risk leaving yourself open to not being financially protected. You know, with the comparison sites, for example, will take you away to another site. So irrespective of what, what that price is. And some of us, if you are if you are looking for bottom price, um, it can be easy to be swept up in a price that looks too good to be true. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, often that is the case. Yeah. So if you are planning on looking online, so many of us do start the research online. Yes, have a wee look. But I think the best thing to do is, is pick up the phone um, and speak to someone, which will also help with understanding the market and the costs mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. in terms of those live costs. What you're talking about in terms of the prices changing, sometimes as well, if you're looking online, the the aggregation hasn't quite caught up with mm-hmm. the live pricing to which you can get caught out with. Excellent. Thank you for that. That's that's really interesting. And when you when we talk about costs, you know, would you advise that when people are paying for a flight or a holiday that they use a credit card? I think a credit card is definitely a good option when you are booking online. It obviously gives you further uh, protection. Uh, I can't quite speak to that, just as no area of expertise. But yeah, I would say using a credit card is, is a really good way of doing it. Um, if you're booking with a travel agent or if you're booking with someone that's at all and ABTA protected, you will have that additional layer of protection. So your money will be protected and bonded through the schemes uh, by ATOL and ABTA. So they are the other two things to look out for mm-hmm. um, if you're booking online um, or in a travel agency. What are the big trends for this year and your personal recommendations? Because you really know your stuff. Uh, big trends. So... I think 2023 is definitely the year of, you know, people call it, we're calling it revenge travel, but I don't really like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't really like that term. It feels a bit aggressive. But obviously after the pandemic, um, you know, we couldn't travel for quite a few years. So people are traveling this year. What we saw last year is people were going back to their favorite places. So Mm -hmm. places they were familiar with where they felt comfortable in, maybe somewhere they'd been before. But this year, people are going out their comfort zone. Uh, What I would say is people aren't holding back. They Mm -hmm. want to travel. They know where they want to go. And they're being very decisive. You know, we're seeing destinations such as Canada and Barbados uh, being really popular. People are definitely living their bucket list trips Mm -hmm. this year, which Mm -hmm. I think is really exciting. Sorry. Um, in terms of destinations to watch um, or, or where I would recommend this year, I think Europe is definitely having a bit of a moment this year, but I think Europe off the beaten track, mm-hmm. so places like Portugal, um, the Alentejo region is really popular just now. Um, Spain as well continues to be really popular, but what we're seeing is people sort of creep away from those traditional tourist destinations and they want to to go outside and explore beyond um USA as well what we're seeing is you know there's more interest in USA but again they're coming into the the 
we call them the key gateways. So your Miami, New York, etc. But they're mm-hmm. exploring beyond the gateways. So I think for in a nutshell, for twenty twenty three, it's all about the bucket list, the big destinations, but exploring beyond the main the main tourist trails. Do you think you mentioned the term revenge holidays or revenge travel? Because you know we've all not been able to do that as a result of the pandemic. Do you think people have saved up? to go on more expensive um, luxury holidays? And do you think it's opened up to maybe more families going on holiday together, you know, multi-generational? Yes. So what we saw last year was that there was cash ring fenced from 2020-2021 and we're seeing that continue into 2023. I do believe that most people have ring fenced their cash for their holidays I think it's the last thing to go. It's the last luxury to go. People will prioritise it more than anything, especially in Scotland when we've unfortunately got such miserable weather <laughs> sometimes. People want to make sure that they can they can get away. So, yes, we're seeing people spend more. Uh, duration is also up mm-hmm. at the moment. So duration for those key holiday dates uh, in summer, October, Easter, um, people are spending longer away. So we're maybe seeing a pattern of um, people want to prioritise that main holiday period but spend longer in destination and you know they might sacrifice the odd weekend away mm-hmm. in order to do so. Upgrades are on the rise as well. There's more four and five star accommodation. Um, flight upgrades are on the rise as well. But yes, you're right in terms of that family piece. Mm-hmm. People are going with um, you know grandparents, nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a trend of multi-generational family. Um, but also uh, multi-family holidays mm-hmm. as well. So groups of families, they might not be related, maybe they're friends. Uh, we're seeing a lot of that too. I think there's two reasons for that. I think there's the whole pandemic piece where we didn't get to spend time with people we love. Uh, but also it's, it's a good cost-saving factor as well. Villas, for example, you know, mm-hmm. taking a villa out um, can often be quite cost-effective mm-hmm. if you've got a group of families or a large group of friends. And I think that's one of the reasons we're seeing families decide, you know, one, we want to spend time together, but two, it's a, it's a pretty cost-effective way of, of taking a brilliant holiday. So much to cover in this episode. Just on the family element, weddings are obviously a huge financial outlay for many people if they choose to decide to get married abroad, for example. Have you seen a steep incline in the number of people choosing to have weddings abroad? I think we're I think we will see that. We definitely saw that last year. We saw and actually 2021 because of the uncertainty with weddings here, with the numbers, we did see an increase in inquiries for people wanting to get married abroad. I think one of the one of the benefits of getting married abroad as well is you know, it, it can actually be more cost effective to do so because usually you're bringing a smaller, more intimate group of people away and I think that's something that people will be inclined to do mm-hmm. going forwards um, and then secondly as well what most people will do is they'll uh, springboard off onto their honeymoon street after so mm-hmm. you know you've got the wedding and then you can you're already in this destination usually it's where you want to to be to do either a minimum or a honeymoon so I think we will continue to see that trend for honeymoons as well what we've noticed you know so many weddings had to be cancelled or postponed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely going to still be that pent-up demand that's going to continue to release this year as couples who have waited for so long to get mm-hmm. married now can finally start to plan their honeymoons. 
Do you find that you personally save up for holidays? I mean, I'm sure you must get great perks working with Biohead Travel, but do you personally save up so that you've got something to look forward to? Yes, I think for me, holidays are so important and probably they've become more important uh, working in the travel industry. I love nothing more than going on holiday and because I prioritise holidays on my annual leave, mm-hmm. you know, that is what I'm saving for. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saving for on an annual basis. Usually what I do at the start of the year is map out where we want to go roughly. Mm-hmm. The start of the year can be one of the best times to book as well. So I'm usually all over those airline sales, getting my deposits down um, and mapping out the, the year ahead with holidays. So for someone who is driven by travel, <laughs> yes you know most of my savings are going towards holidays you mentioned airline sales tell us about when the best time is to look for discounted seats on flights so periodically throughout the year there'll always be sales happening the key points for those are you know January is a huge time for sales and we've just obviously come out of January where we saw a massive influx of people booking their holidays Mm -hmm. and taking advantage of those sales but you know other periods throughout the year you'll find sales happening too um we at Barhead Travel do tend to get sight of those sales maybe about a week in advance Mm -hmm. um so again it's something to consider you know putting your name down at a travel agent if you're not sure when you want to book um we can help we can help when we get sight of those sales and and let you know that it's the best time to book Uh, apart from that if you're looking to um book long haul for example long haul you're best booking about 11 months in advance because that's when the the airline seats come out Mm -hmm. Um, some operators will have advanced seats as well so for example we are selling 2024 and 2025 but it just depends on the operator if they've managed to negotiate the seats in advance but generally the earlier you book the better is my advice particularly now I think before the pandemic we saw you know quite often people would wait for a last minute deal um, and you could sometimes get an absolute bargain but I think now yes there still will be bargains in the market Mm -hmm. for last minute travel but the demand is so high just now that you're not going to be guaranteed the destination that you want or the time that you want as well. So booking early is probably the best way to to look at saving and getting the best deal because then you've got the advantage of time on your hands. Loving this. In terms of additional extras, so for example, like priority boarding Mm -hmm. or choosing a seat with extra leg room or... Um, you know any of the additionals what's your take on that I I think it's a personal choice and I think one of the things actually that um, that we always tell our customers when booking online again so when you book online for example if you book a flight usually that price that you see will not include luggage Mm -hmm. um, and will definitely not include things like priority boarding or choosing seats we will not book a customer without luggage unless they specifically ask us, you know, if you're going on holiday, you need you need luggage. Um, so I think that's one of a good reason to be speaking to a travel agent as well. Priority boarding, it's a nice to have. Some people really value priority boarding. Um, you know, you can get on the plane and make yourself comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with some of the priority boarding comes sort of fast track at security too. So 
it's a nice to have, but I know most people are perfectly happy just boarding the plane when is their, yeah. when is their time to do so. Um, what I would say is sometimes uh, there are flash sales on those priority boarding or um, choosing your seats. So it's a good idea to, if you if you booked yourself, obviously keep an eye out online or on your emails um, or ask your travel agent to to let you know if they, they see any sales come up. I think those additional extras are lovely if you're maybe going on a wedding yeah, or honeymoon or you know it's a, a wedding anniversary or maybe a retirement gift you mentioned um upgrades earlier what's the best way to get an upgrade so say it's a special occasion um you know it's like a, a big birthday for example yes. and you're traveling with your partner and you'd like to try and get an upgrade what's the best way to go about it there's there's no there's no Secret, there's no um, formula, unfortunately, <laughs> especially for flying. I think, you know, there probably used to be more sort of jurisdiction to mm-hmm. be able to get to get upgrades. And chances are, you know, it really is just down to luck, I would say, for flying. However, all of our um, travel agents, if you are celebrating a special occasion, we will put a note in your booking. I would say more often than not, Certainly for our hotel partners or our cruise partners, we do find that they respond to our notes and will add away something. So if it's your honeymoon, maybe they'll um, put some fresh flowers or fruit basket in the room Mm -hmm. or um, they might give you a room upgrade. So we will always make a note to make sure that we're contacting the hotel or cruise line in advance Mm -hmm. uh, to say that it's your honeymoon or wedding or, or whatever. But uh, yeah, there's no unfortunate, there's unfortunately no formula to guarantee yourself an upgrade. <laughs> but definitely say, you should mm-hmm. just say, if you don't ask, you don't get. That is my mantra in life. If you don't ask, you don't get. Ask your travel agent or ask the person at check-in or ask the person in the hotel. Yeah. And if they don't upgrade you, they might still give you a wee something, a little something oh, extra. That's good to know. And I think also it's lovely that if you are going into you know, a Barhead Travel store that you can have that conversation with someone because sometimes when you're booking online, there isn't an option to say, you know, it's our 20th wedding anniversary. Um, So again, that's another, it's the personal touch, isn't it? Well, I think that's it. Travel is a personal industry. So, and it's a service industry as well. People want to make sure that you have the best experience. So don't be afraid to say why you're going on holiday Mm -hmm. or why you're celebrating something Mm -hmm. because the person servicing you, whether it's your agent or the person at the hotel, they want to make sure you have the most memorable experience mm-hmm. and they genuinely do. So speak up and, and let people know if, if you are celebrating. Now, if you're in a position where you've not had the best experience, how does Abter or Atoll protect you and the financial investment that you've made on the holiday? So if you're booking with a fully bonded Abter and Atoll protected travel agent, that means that the money you pay for your holiday is completely protected so what that means is if anything happens to for example the hotel or the airline for example then you're completely protected like your money is safe you will be able to either get your money back for that um or you'll be able to book something else whatever whatever your preference is so I would say the most important thing is making sure you're booking with that protection because if not you're not guaranteed the protection what also could happen as well is if you're booking something separately, say you book your flights online, your hotel online, the hotel goes bust, but you've booked a non-refundable air ticket, then unfortunately that means that you would have to just try and claim through your insurance and your 
money wouldn't wouldn't be protected. So it's so important to get that financial protection in addition to travel insurance, which of course covers for any accidents abroad or health issues um, or any external circumstances such as, as weather, for example. Just on the topic of credit cards, I once booked a holiday with lowcostholidays.com the night before they went bust. Oh no! <laughs> so you can imagine I was freaking out yes. and I spoke to a friend and they said, how did you pay for it? And I said, uh, can't remember, no, how did you pay for it, Heather? Debit card or credit oh. card? And I said, I think I paid by credit card. And he was like, whew. That's okay then because you're, you're you protected, protected by uh-huh. the Consumer Credit Act. Uh-huh. So I suppose, you know, making sure it's APTA and at all protected, mm-hmm. paying for it by credit card if you can. Yes. You mentioned travel insurance. Oh, How important is travel insurance? So important. You should not be going on holiday without travel insurance. And you should be taking travel insurance out at the minute you book your holiday because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, we've had um, stories of claims you know, people have had insurance claims of in their hundreds of thousands of pounds. You know, of course you go on holiday with the hope that nothing happens, but your phone could get stolen. You could take ill abroad. Um, you know, there might be a family emergency at home that you need to come home for. Your travel insurance would cover if you've got if you've got a robust travel insurance policy, and, and that's mm-hmm. that's the next thing. That's what your travel insurance is there for. So, you know, we would implore anyone not to be booking your holiday without immediately booking your travel insurance to make sure you're protected. Good to know. And what about foreign currency? You know, should we be ordering foreign currency before we go, or is that something that we should just leave till we get there? Definitely not leave till you get there because you'll be charged the, the higher rates at the airports. We always recommend book your foreign currency in advance. And I think what a lot of our customers tend to do and it's it's something that um, some of our staff have have advised in the past is a nice way to do a nice way to do it is once you finish paying up your holiday use that money to put aside for your foreign currency so if you've been paying 300 pounds a month for example for the last six months um for your holiday once you've paid that up put that 300 pounds each month aside for your foreign currency um Obviously, foreign currency rates fluctuate, so there's no best time to say, you know, it's best to buy it 12 weeks in advance. It's just about keeping your eye on the rate. But generally, like the earlier that you can do it, the better. More so for your own budgeting peace of mind and knowing that you've got that currency purchased. So when we're budgeting, one of the things that we have to take into consideration is the weight of our cases so is the standard is it like 22 kilograms 22 23 uh, some of the some of the long-haul flights if you are in a higher class for example you might get 30k plus but generally 20 to 23 is the standard what do you recommend doing when you get to the check-in desk and they say oh miss musgrave you're five kilograms over like what do you do well Heather, <laughs> before you get to the check-in desk, you should try and weigh your case. Now, I know that's not easy at all because most of us only have a tiny wee bathroom <laughs> scale. But what my partner and I do is we get on the scale, then register the weight on the scale, then one of us holds the bag, <laughs> and then we manually add it up. Honestly, it does it does work. It sounds a bit uh, tricky, but I'm so conscious of that. I never want it to, to happen to me, but... 
if it does happen to you, you know, you only really have a couple of options. Obviously, if you're traveling with someone, great, because maybe you can start swapping mm-hmm. things, swapping things out. <laughs> um, you can, if you've got cabin baggage as well, which most people will have, again, you could start looking at taking the heaviest things like shoes, for example, out. Um, but I would not recommend doing that. I think it's highly stressful mm-hmm. and try, try, try to get a rough indication of the weight before you check in and I think you know there's an environmental impact as well isn't there like I think we should be mindful of what we're packing um you know some of the things that you can do to to reduce that load as well is think about like for example your toiletries could you buy your toiletries when you're out in resort god Mm -hmm. how heavy is it to lug 500 ml bottles of like shampoo conditioner (laughs) body wash face wash you know they're really really um Mm -hmm. quite heavy and dense things to pack so have a wee think about that could you buy them abroad when you're cheap when they might be cheaper as well Mm -hmm. um so that's something to consider too and just on that for example books I mean I love reading and holidays are the perfect time to be reading so I suppose what you could do is you know take a Kindle rather than Mm -hmm. you know half a dozen paperbacks or even look to borrow a book from the library in a hotel or you know because sometimes people leave books that you can borrow Uh and quite often what I'll do is usually my kind of holiday routine is um, I, I do usually take a Kindle, but I'll also maybe buy one or two books um, to have a paperback at, at WH Smith at the airport. <laughs> but once I finish them, if there's a hotel library, I'll leave them for someone else to read and maybe pick up one or two books and read them and then usually just leave the paperbacks to add yeah. to the library because it's actually yeah. such a nice thing. So many people forget to pack a book mm-hmm. or they finish their book because they've just had such a great time reading yeah. it. And I think I love seeing hotels that have libraries and let you do swaps or you can leave your books as well to for other people to enjoy definitely a highlight of the holidays checking out what other people have read so preparation is clearly everything when it comes to preparing for your holiday whether that's saving up money or making sure that you've got the right protection in place when it comes to mobile phones right how do you stop accruing a huge huge phone bill when you go abroad oh so we're obviously in a situation as well. Unfortunately, due to Brexit, we used to be able to go abroad and have um, free roaming when we were part of the EU. But now uh, that's changed um, and your carrier charges will apply. So I think the best thing to do is you know, look at your provider mm-hmm. before you go because most providers will have packages or they'll be divided into zones for example that you might be able to to package up so um for example I know that the provider I'm with they offer different zones of the world and they offer different packages so you could buy like an eight day roaming package 14 day roaming package for example and I will buy that package it's usually maybe the last couple of times I've done it I think it's been about eight pounds and I've done that before I travelled to mm-hmm. avoid those costs. So mm-hmm. just thinking about those things in advance um, and making sure that you've got that package added on or that you know that you can do it when you arrive. And of course, there's things like, you know, if you wanted to watch a movie, you should be able to download all of the content that yes. you want to watch before you go so that you're not um, racking up additional charges. Yes. When you're on holiday, I think it's tempting to just splash the cash, you know, because you're feeling good, sunny, you're having a lovely time. What would you say are your kind of top three recommendations for 
keeping the costs down so that you've got more disposable income to spend on the good stuff. Oh, I, I know the feeling, Heather. <laughs> Get overexcited, especially that first day. Um, oh, top three recommendations. So I think what we just spoke about, about planning things in advance, that's going to take so much, you know, of that off your mind if you have booked your key attractions in advance. Um, you're going to feel a bit a bit better about things. Um, secondly, um, probably... Again, having your currency in advance as well. It honestly is, if you go and try and get it at the airport, you're going to be hit with a charge. Likewise, if you've not got a card that's set up to to be used abroad, you could be hit with transaction fees. Mm -hmm. And it might seem small incremental cost at the time, but if you're using your card every day, that, of course, adds up. Mm -hmm. Um, And thirdly, you know, Go and try local, you know, speak to the locals. Sometimes, again, for example, like restaurants or cafes, they might be right at the front of the, you know, promenades if you're at a beach resort or they might be in the hearts of a destination. You know, restaurants next to the Eiffel Tower, for example, if you're in Paris, are going to be far more expensive. So, you know, have a think about the experiences that you want. You know, think about the restaurants that you want to go to and you don't always have to go to the ones that are right next to the attractions or in the busiest places. I think thinking in advance and asking people for recommendations will help you save money, but also it might point you to an overall better experience. Um, If you are interested in becoming a member of Glasgow Credit Union, then the good news is that members can receive up to 10% of an all-year-round discount on Barhead travel holidays. Glasgow Credit Union also offer personal loans that can help you get you on your way. And for more information, please visit the Glasgow Credit Union website. So, Karen, what's the best way for people to keep up to speed with not just your holiday experiences but also the latest news and offers from Barhead Travel? Lots of ways we're a multi-channel business so we've got about 85 stores across the country you can visit barheadtravel.co.uk to find your nearest store but give us a follow on social media we're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, TikTok and you can see you know the latest inspiration and what our travel experts are up to as well. Super. And would you recommend, you know, sometimes where you get the op- the option to opt in for like mailings from companies, do you recommend that people sign up for your latest newsletters? I think so. You know, not to be self-promotional. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, but, please do. <laughs> but yeah, do you know, sign up. You know, I am one of these people that I sign up for everything. I don't know about you, Heather, but mm-hmm. I, I sign up for all newsletters because mm-hmm. I don't always read every single one that comes through, but there might be one that catches your eye and you think, actually, I'm glad I knew about that. Mm-hmm. Super. Thank you very much. That was excellent. And Fergus, what's on today's episode? Hello and welcome to another edition of Fuss Free Finances with me, Fergus Muirhead. As ever, I'm asking... How well do you understand financial jargon? As according to some recent research, almost half of us have had money issues due to misunderstanding commonly used terms. Today's term is credit rating, sometimes known as credit score. At a high level, your credit rating affects your ability to borrow money and access products such as credit cards, mortgages, loans and mobile phone contracts. Therefore, it's really important to be aware of your credit rating 
and understand what can be good and bad for it. Your credit rating or score is a number that uses your financial history to indicate how reliable you are at borrowing money and then paying it back. It's based on the information securely held in your credit file, which is like a financial CV. It shows your financial history, including credit that you've applied for, credit agreements you've made in the past, and the payments that you've made. Credit reference agencies in the UK, there's three of them, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion, use the information in your credit file to give you a numerical score on a three-digit scale. These agencies pull information from court records and the electoral roll and will also examine other lenders' records who have searched your file when a credit application has been made. They'll consider any other people you have a financial association with as well as any other addresses that you're linked to. This information helps them determine whether to provide the loan you're looking for. Normally, the higher your score, the more likely you are to be approved for credit in future. Each lender has their own standards for credit score ratings. It's likely that if you have a good score with one of the main credit reference agencies, then you'll have a good credit score with most lenders. According to the Money Advice Service, a good credit score with TransUnion is 781 out of 850. With Equifax, it's scoring over 420 out of 700. And with Experian, it means scoring over 880 out of 999. However, it's worth noting that your credit score doesn't guarantee that you'll be approved for credit or offered the lowest interest rates. This is because a lender's decision is not made solely on that credit score. Heather, back to you. Next up, we hear from Doug Allen about his best ever investment. Photographer, camera operator, author, Doug Allen has won eight Emmys and five BAFTAs in his long and illustrious career. He's worked with Sir David Attenborough on many TV shows like Frozen, Planet and Blue Planet. Here's what Doug had to say. My best investment was the £95 that I spent in August 1974 buying a plane ticket from London to Khartoum to Port Sudan. I'd graduated from Stirling University the year before and I was determined to mix marine biology with my passion for diving. I read this article in a dive magazine about these biologists from Cambridge University. They were researching in the Red Sea. So I wrote them a letter. There was no other way of communication back then. And two months later, they replied. I was welcome to join them, but they had no funds for my travel costs. So I saved and I saved some more. And well, my six months out there were just magic. Wrecks, sharks, swimming alongside giant manta rays, my first attempts at underwater photography. Those experiences convinced me that my life lay underwater. They laid the grounding for everything that's followed. And that plane ticket, best 95 quid I ever spent. Follow and subscribe to the Finances Made Friendly podcast to make sure you never miss an episode. Thanks for joining me, Heather Sutty, on this week's show.